The football pads are out, baby. Plus, Josh lets it all out. TJ lays down the law. Everyone's apologizing to pretty much everyone. New alliances begin to form, and Berna gets burned. It's the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, episode 7 recap, coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the challenge historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today. We do appreciate it. On today's pod, we are diving into episode seven of Spies, Lies, and Allies, the conclusion of the two-part Big Brother breakup that kicked off last week, left us on a cliffhanger. We now know Fessy has been sent home. Esther and Josh get to stay, and the whole house has had to deal with the aftermath of the pizza party gone wrong. To discuss all that happened, we will use our standard agenda. First, a Cliff Notes recap of everything that happened to refresh our minds. Then a look at the episode through the lens of the main storyline. Follow that up with some other little things that we noticed. A deep dive into the athletic events, this time meaning just the elimination. No daily challenge today. And then finish up afterwards with awards for best and worst strategy, best quote, best moment, an MVP, and of course, our power rankings and predictions for the rest of the season. Finally, a shakeup to our power rankings. More on that at at the very end of the pod though first we got to do that recap it was a shortened 60 minute episode but action-packed it was so let's get it started to the cliff notes recap we go so every possible thing that happened in this episode let's get our minds wrapped back around there was a lot that went down in that 60 minutes of television so let's run through everything that happened plot wise on this episode episode seven the conclusion of the kind of two-parter episode here we go three two, one, go. The fighting continues as we pick up where we left off last week. Fessy's hand smushing Josh's face. Josh is now on top of tables yelling about Fessy going home and generally just wilding out. Amber lets Esther know that throwing a drink on her was not okay, which Esther owns up and apologizes for it. The drink throwing, that is, not the calling her fake or anything else that was a part of that fight. Josh puts Casey on the spot to pick a side, to which she calmly reacts that they can both fuck off for the time being. Corey and Tori start to get some blame for stirring things up in the first place. Ed and Priscilla give Amber a pep talk to get her spirits back up, and eventually, as things cool down, Fessy and Josh share a moment on the bunk bed saying sorries and Josh crying on Fessy's shoulder. The next morning, we find Emmy telling a room full of people that she wants CT, Uncle CT, as her partner, partner of her dreams, to which the vets make her sign an oath in hot sauce, indoctrinating her into their alliance. Once her soul is signed away, Emmy tells the group that Berna actually asked her earlier that day about wanting to steal CT, and Emmy had just lied to her face and said she would never do that. Fessy and Josh have a heart-to-heart and get vulnerable with each other, getting all their feelings out just in time for TJ to pay the house a visit, which, in his words, is never a good thing ever. TJ reprimands all three of Fessy, Esther, and Josh for their actions, but leaves Josh and Esther off with warnings while telling Fessy he's got to go home and has 15 minutes to get out. That same 15 minutes window is how long the rest of the house has to get into the nomination room and make a selection, which leave things totally up in the air. Once in nominations, Tori and Corey both apologizes for for their role in the prior evening, as does Josh and Esther. The only one who doesn't, notably, is Amber, which multiple other castmates comment on. After much discussion, it is Esther who is 
who's voted in, keeping it almost certainly a one-on-one elimination females only. Esther's now going in, but Emmy still wants a chance to pick her dream partner of CT. She lets Emmanuel know that if it's a physical one, she wants to go down too. He and Casey talk. They consider Amber for a moment as a second option, but ultimately plan to give Emmy what she wants, which is what they do at the lair. When they see it's a hall brawl, they put in Emmy to go against Esther for the right to stay in the game and also pretty much the right to pick CT because I think Esther might have too. A couple brutal hits later, one missed bell by just one single inch in round two and Emmy sweeps it two for two, gets the win. Esther's going home, but not before some final words for Amber and Emmy gets her new partner CT, which causes quite the stir with Berna, who is now got partnered with Huey, making another new rookie rookie pairing. And that is where the episode ends. Phew. All right. So Another 60 minute, a little shorter than normal. Hopefully, maybe we'll be back to the full 90 minutes next week. I think, you know, this one essentially was a full two hour episode last week and this week just cut in half. And, you know, retroactively, I'm glad. I'm a little upset that they're only 60 minutes because, you know, I always want more of the challenge. But, you know, I'm glad they didn't try to squeeze all of this into a 90 minute episode and leave a lot of it out. So hopefully, maybe we're back to the 90 minutes after this and back on our regular, you know, daily elimination regular planned show but we got a lot in that 60 minutes there it all was and let's now go ahead and look at the episode through the lens of the main storyline all right so our main storyline obviously is the fight and the aftermath the pizza party gone wrong the fight that ensued and the aftermath of that so let's go through this kind of in timeline order here with a few things to point out we we start the entire episode off with josh just absolutely wild now we literally pick up right at the moment fessy puts his hand on josh's face and josh instantly knows that dude just put his hand on me he's going home and lets fessy know it he's jumping on tables he's yelling he's doing all kinds of wild stuff and let's go ahead and actually just listen real quick to everything that josh had to say immediately after having fessy touch him in the face all of this should be noted is said while jumping up and down on a couch. So let's listen to that real quick from Josh. You are here for a million dollars. You are not here to stand up on a couch, throwing drinks, acting like a damn fool. Get your ass down here and calm down and go to your room. Well said by Amanda there. We we're gonna we're gonna leave that in from Amanda as well, just because We share some feelings uh, with her. Josh, you got to calm it down in this moment. I mean, you know, uh, we'll we'll get to later that Fessy obviously is sent home for this action and our feelings on whether he should or should not have been or how bad or egregious what he did to Josh was. But should be noted that throughout all of it, if you just take the the hand smush to the face, um, Fessy was pretty calm through all of this and doesn't say a whole lot to Josh or really like, call him out all that bad in any real way. Meanwhile, Josh is literally yelling and yelling and yelling, calling him a bitch, calling him you'll never see a final again, and, you know, calling him egotistical and, like, taking shots at his guy. And I get that, you know, you and your best friend can can fight it out, especially on TV in this pressure, pressure cooker thing with a bunch of other people instigating. I totally get that they came to a war of words, um, but... Man, he's just really trying to put his guy on blast and then put everyone else on blast. I mean, um, it was one thing to jump on the table and have, you know, Amanda. When Amanda's the one pulling on someone's shoulder and being like, yo, 
shut the hell up, get down, stop, go to your room, you, you know you've lost it a little bit. Um, and interesting spot for Amanda, it should be said. Um, you know, her previously, Josh's rookie season, the two of them were partners together on War of the World. So they've got, you know, this relationship going back. And now, obviously, she's, you know, hooking up slash dating Fessy in the house, his best friend, the other end of these words. So interesting spot that she finds herself in there as the kind of mediator trying to calm everyone down. Not the usual role Amanda is filling in these types of altercations. Um, but then the, ma- the main one was also... Casey, who gets called out by Josh, he immediately, the moment she appears, clearly we found out actually on Aftermath last week that, you know, she was in bed when this all started and heard everything and got up, like got clothes on and came down. And Josh, first words, first moment he sees her is pick a side on my family, pick a side right now. You got to pick and just not good, (laughs) man. You gotta, she handles herself fantastically is just like nah he whatever he did not cool whatever you're doing right now not cool fuck both of you right now i ain't getting in the middle of this it's ain't on me don't put any of this on me so fantastic job by her handling everything that's going on and not letting herself get put in the middle of it in any way and just all around kind of a pretty bad look for josh jumping on the tables yelling all the stuff at your best friend needing amanda to be the one to try to call you calm you down calling out casey for no freaking reason he then goes around and yells you know let hey house vote house vote everyone throw fessy and esther in and then backtracks immediately and laughs like never mind not esther i like her um none of it's a good look i don't think anyone in the house is uh you know the only ones in the house that are liking this are the hueys and emmys that are like hmm, maybe we don't have to go into elimination because of all this but otherwise no one's liking this uh I'm, I'm not liking it. It's a bad look for him. He flips out on Amanda and tells Amanda, why are you stirring up shit? Which is another misfire. He kind of misfires on everything he says to Fessy. He misfires on calling out Casey. And he misfires again on calling out Amanda for stirring up shit. Which, as expected, Amanda's in like, ooh, this is the part I'm used to. I can go right back at you. And she lets him have it. And he smartly, the only smart thing maybe he does in all of this is he finally decides to walk away when Amanda's like, wait, what the fuck did you just say? Like, bro, what? Like, I didn't do anything. I'm trying to help you out here. There's some other people stirring up shit. It ain't me. Um, he smashes a glass. Uh, he just, Josh wilds out. Uh, bad look for Josh. Casey, as we said, put in the middle of all this, handles it flawlessly. Um, Makes it even tougher that she's in the position of power, half of the agency, and now in the aftermath of all this has to decide, like, what the hell do we do? She handles herself really, really well through the whole thing. Um, And that's all, you know, that's all we have to say about that. Pretty much Esther. Um, Esther, in all of this, we get a moment where right away where her, she goes to the side with Amber. Amber lets her know, like, dude, you do not throw a drink on me. That is not okay. That is never okay. We got to, you know, women support women. Why why are you doing that? And uh, good one, good on Amber for calmly uh, handling, not, you know, nothing having happened when the drink was initially thrown and calmly just pulling her to the side immediately, but calmly and be like, yo, that all we got to say about this is that should never happen and don't ever do that again. And that's where we got to leave it. Let's hug it out. Props to her for that. Props to Esther for one, apologizing right away, knowing right, right away. Like, yeah, that wasn't cool. I shouldn't have done that. But then even more props to Esther for then in the interview, making it known like, yes, I regret throwing a drink on someone. I shouldn't do that. But 
make no bones about it. I don't regret calling her fake or thinking that she's a liar or any of that, which is a theme between the two of them throughout the show. Um, and I really like that Esther owns her mistakes but stands her ground on her thoughts and opinions. So fantastic there. We get Corey and Tori catching heat from a bunch of different sides. And uh, we will talk a little bit about this later in the worst strategy. But at first, Corey stands up for himself, which is personally what I think both of them should have done. Um, maybe maybe I'm not in the house. Maybe because Corey does, initially, Corey does initially stands up and says like, yo, he's a grown ass man. He's got to control his own emotions. Like I might have been. I might have been stirring stuff up, but like this ain't on me. This ain't on Tori that it got to that level. And I'm, I don't know, maybe just being in the house, everyone was like, nope, that's not going to fly. And everyone just kind of kept coming at both Corey and Tori. And they're like, we got to, we got to reverse course here. Maybe that standing up for ourselves isn't going to work. Clearly, probably that was the case. And, you know, others would probably argue they did the best possible thing by kind of averting to, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. We get to the nominations. We're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry again, all of that. But I personally am like, hey, you know, someone's got to stir the pot on this show. Uh, there was some, you know, a boring pizza party going down and you saw an opportunity. And guess what? Uh, especially Corey, you got Fessy sent home. You don't got to see Fessy down in a hall or a pole wrestle or any other elimination or any more daily challenges again. So it kind of worked. Um, and if you feel bad about it, you feel bad about it. But I think the strategy of standing up for themselves would have worked. We'll come back more to that later. But they catch heat from a bunch of different people, which um, is fair and good that the rest of the house, you know, at least acknowledges in all of this um, that these two, Corey and Tori, were the ones kind of that started all of this, where the, the instigators of everything that happened was more them at each level, not getting more people involved and kind of ramping things up. Wasn't sure if that was just going to slide by, if the rest of the vets were going to be like, ah, oh, good, I was thinking about doing the same thing or what. But uh, pretty much everyone except for Josh is the one that realizes that those two have a lot of fault in everything that went down. Again, Josh is over here blaming Amanda for stirring things up and not Corey and Tori. Um, and then we get you know, the Fessy and Josh vulnerable moments first on the bunk bed. And then the next morning, you know, the, the two of them have it out and... I know this is one of the, you know, kind of most vulnerable conversations we've ever seen in the history of this show, really. They both they both let it be known that, you know, Josh is like, I've never made a final and it weighs on me. And like, you know, you and Casey come in and make these finals and, you know, I'm I'm the bad player of the big brother players, which is, you know, very impressive for him to like come clean about emotions like that on, you know, on camera. And then Fessy right back is like, hey, you won big brother and like I've never won anything in football. We never won anything on big brother. I didn't win on Ninja warrior. I didn't win on the challenge. I can't win. And like that weighs on him. And just from both of them, I thought of all of this, uh, I didn't feel quite as emotionally invested when the two of them were in the bunk bed, but that, that conversation they had, I thought was just amazing. Um, and really, really cool of both of them after all of this, uh, chicanery and kind of craziness and wilding out that went down and, you know, not handling themselves very well the night before. I thought this was a conversation they needed to have as really good friends and also as allies in this game. And they finally had it. They had it too late, uh, it turned out, but um, was impressed that they did have it after. Anyways, then we get TJ. TJ comes in 
And we get the whole performance from TJ. Uh, and TJ, the host of the show, the handler, if you will, the steward of the challenge, the dad of the challenge, still no Emmy for my guy, which I'm going to say till I die because it seems like they're going to they're gonna go forever without ever even nominating this for guy for the best host in reality television, which he is far and away. He gives another killer performance here. And why don't we just go ahead and listen to the whole thing because he... He really lets him have it. Um, he really goes in on Josh a little bit, which I was surprised by. So let's just listen to everything TJ had to say when he arrived to the house. Well, it's never good when I come to the house. Never. And here I am, Josh and Fessy. Your behavior last night was very unacceptable. Like, I don't even know how in the hell you expected to win with those egos. Put them in check, dude. And Esther, you're a rookie in this game, so you don't even know what you're doing yet, but your behavior is unacceptable as well. So, Esther, consider this your main warning. This is it. I'm keeping you in the game. Thank you, TJ. Thanks. Josh, you gotta chill out. It's embarrassing, dude. You're embarrassing your friends. You're embarrassing yourself. So for the rest of this season, I guess we'll keep Josh. God. I need to get it together. I'm here to win. I'm here to change my family's life and change my life. And I continue to get in my own way. And I just think this is the wake-up call that I needed. And Fessy, you put hands on somebody. You're deactivated. Shut the oh, TJ, please. You're done. No. Cut. That's it. You understand? So, uh, let this be a warning to everyone, all right? Now you have 15 minutes to get your stuff and get out of here. The rest of you have 15 minutes to go to the chamber. If you're not in the chamber in 15 minutes, then I'm going to make the elimination rounds. Oh, my God. Flawless performance. Even if we're about to get to, I'm not sure I totally agree with sending Fessy home. I don't think TJ actually made all of these decisions himself, but fantastic performance from him called into duty this time. You can't, can't just film. It. It's got to come do it in person. Um, and so just, I mean, I, I can't believe he let Josh have it like that. The embar- you're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing your friends. Um, that was a lot. <laughs> so, um, you know, props to TJ as always best, best host out there on television. Let's get some recognition for our guy at some point here um my the my main note on everything tj said at the end he makes it known like you've got 15 minutes to pack your bags fessy the rest of you got 15 minutes to get in to the nomination room or else i'm picking the elimination and all i wanted the moment he said it, i wanted one vet i don't kyle or devin were my you know top picks of like could have done this but i just wanted one person and the kind of scramble that happened after between everyone of like oh shit like who who should we pick? Who should we throw in? Is it as whatever? They're all kind of having this little powwow. And one of them, I think Devin speaks up and is like, well, I'm not going to let, you know, I'm not going to let TJ pick. Like, let's get in there. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to threaten that we're not in there in 15 minutes. All I wanted the moment TJ said that is for someone to speak up and be like, hey, what if, what if we let TJ pick? What if we, what if we just don't go in? And what if they would have, do you think like, I wonder if they actually made it in 15 minutes. Uh, Fassi said a lot of goodbyes and then has to pack all of his bags and takes a 50, more than 15 minutes. He left with like four or five suitcases. Um, so I wonder if they got in in 15 minutes. And I really want to know, 
who would TJ have picked if would he have actually picked? Would he have actually been like, you know what? Fuck it, you guys. I said you had 15 minutes. You didn't come in. This is the elimination. It's this person and this person. Who would he have picked? So we got to know. TJ, if you're out there listening, we're going we're gonna to post something about this on social channels and see someone out there. Let him answer this question. Maybe Devin Simone on Aftermath. We haven't watched it yet. Uh, maybe, maybe he'll reveal on there along with the secret votes who his vote would have been for, but gotta know who tj would have sent down in there i think they should let should have let him do it anyways moving on the final part of this then is that fessy gets sent home esther gets to stay josh gets to stay i agree with both of those i don't think any either of them did anything deserving of getting sent home as bad as i think josh handled everything in that i don't think anything was worthy of him getting sent home fessy gets sent home for a hand smush and has been well documented things of this nature have happened a lot in challenge history and occasionally it has gotten people sent home and more often than not it has not uh we've seen amanda come out and mention you know she did this multiple times to camilla back on i don't know if that's 30 30 um or earlier but has done that a few times to camilla specifically um we mentioned last week the anisa to trichelle from uh, an earlier season we've we've seen people do this this not it's not a punch it's just a kind of hand on your face trying to like push your face away push you away via my hand on your face and you know the challenge has evolved in a lot of ways most of them very very good in necessary ways over the years but they send fessy home for this and one you know, I think I said this last week, they they shouldn't really, you know, in situations like this, they should drop, you know, what's good for the television show completely out of it. That's the moral, ethical thing to do. But if you were to do the not moral and ethical thing and think, what does this do to our show? You can't get rid of him. Um, as I, I'm not going to do the whole defense and spiel again, Fessy fan club over here, but I think he's one of the bright spots of this season and he's bringing you a lot of storylines and interesting and worth television-worthy storylines this season and sending him home is a big blow to the show in that regard. And instead, we're left with Josh and Casey of the Big Brother trio and not getting as much from them on the show side of things. Um, and as I said last as I said on uh, Tuesday, um, when I ranted about the, sh- the season being better than people think and kind of being down on this whole narrative of how bad everything was in the challenge world, I mentioned that Fessy, independent of Josh and Casey on a season, would be very, very interesting. And now we're getting the inverse of that, which I don't find all that interesting. So I don't think he should have got sent home. I don't think this was egregious of enough, um, but I respect that. They're going to go with the zero tolerance. You can't touch anyone. Although we've seen some shoves a couple times this season, and we've seen this this zero tolerance policy seems to have been in effect for a few seasons now, and yet sometimes it's not still a zero tolerance policy. So it's really tough to tell what's going to get someone sent home, what's not. Um, I don't think this was bad enough to get sent home. I thought they could have warned him and maybe warned everyone in the house like, We've, we've, this isn't the first instance of someone getting physical and mildly with someone else this season. We're done. Zero tolerance from this way out. But, you know, um, they're playing things a little bit safer um, and a little bit, yes, softer. That word is going around a lot, that the challenge is getting soft, which 
it's hilarious that we have a moment like this where someone might question is the challenge getting soft and then at the end of the episode we're doing a hall brawl which is the least soft thing left on reality competition television um it is arguably something that there would be a good case shouldn't be on any on anything anymore um so god bless the kind of the balance there of this getting someone thrown off at the beginning, but then at the end, two women putting on pads and running headfirst into each other in the middle of a hallway. Um, gotta love it, but Fessy gets sent home. Uh, it's a huge loss for the show, I think. Um, and it's a huge loss for Fessy. It really hurts the resume building for him. Um, in some aspects, you know, he's like to compare himself to CT over the years of this new big bad guy coming in. And yeah, he's getting kicked off the show for fighting, which is something that CT did years back. And while we certainly don't condone what CT did to the people he punched back in the day, we're just going to say that this is an equivalent to that. So um, if, you know, if those were resume or character building, building of a character arc for CT that has played out over, you know, these 15 to 20 almost years now. Um, it's not quite going to do the same thing for Fessy. Um, so he's a big loser because I think he was, outside of this, was going to make another final. I thought he had a you know, real fierce team with he and Esther, and I thought, you know, they would win some more dailies. I thought he was in a good position in almost any elimination that he goes into that a lot of the people he would potentially have to go against we're also similar, like, I'm on the physical side, not the puzzle side, maybe, and where even if he ran into a puzzle, would have potentially been doing it versus a Nelson or a Corey or a Kyle or someone who also wasn't super confident on those. So I thought he had a good path in front of him with his alliances and just where he stood in the game physically and mentally. And so I thought he could have made a three for three and kept the perfect clean record of perfect making the finals and maybe got that elusive win, but he's gone. Um, so that's a bummer. We will miss him again. Still on the Fessy fan club, 100% over here. Hopefully we get to pick up those rooting interests on a future season. Hopefully this is not the last we see of him. Although I know many of you out there listening and watching would certainly love it to be so. Again, I think we want, I want to see him without, without any of the other big brother players there. Put him totally on an island solo to see what happens. I think we would get good things, but that's for another day and hopefully another season. The last thing on this, the winners and losers of Fessy going home, other than obviously Fessy himself is a loser. The winners, all of the other guys in the house. We've now had Kells go out and Fessy go out. And for that matter, with respect, Gabo go out. The three kind of biggest, bulkiest guys in the house that would be nightmares for most of the others to go against in a hall brawl, pole wrestle, balls in, you know, 100% pure physical, put your hands on each other types of eliminations. They're all gone now. And the last big one, not named CT, obviously, who is the biggest and baddest of them all still. Uh, it, they're all gone. And so all the guys are winners in Fessy going home. Amber is also a winner, even if the rest of the house seems to be totally out on her. And she seems to be kind of on an island of her own at this point without any other friends. The one person who threw her in before and who clearly was probably going to throw her in again if he got the chance is out. So that's a win for her. Losers, Amanda, she loses her boyfriend in the house um, and now boyfriend in real life. Um, so that's a big blow just from, a, you know, enjoying your time and kind of keeping your mind off the game and being able to kind of 
have both worlds and really enjoy yourself. But also from an alliance standpoint, you know, she entered that relationship, her words, not mine, politicking purposely, number one. And now that politicking is gone to the wayside because the guy she politicked with is now gone. Uh, Casey, also a loser. I think it was pretty clear that if she would ever have to pick a side in a Josh first Fessy, that she was going to go team Fessy. And that I think as bad as the final ended for the two of them together last season, I think there was part of them that maybe wanted to run another final together and try to get matched up at the end here again. So I think she loses out losing a number on her side and also just kind of getting drawn into the drama and others in that vet alliance, maybe not wanting to be working with her as much. Esther is a loser. Um, As Fessy goes home, that pretty much signs her fate that she's going into the elimination and she loses a, really good partner so she's a big loser and then one more time i think we as the viewers are losers i might be on an island with that one but that's how i feel um final then note of this storyline after all of this happens it also leads into all of the alliances kind of being over it doesn't just break up the big brother alliance sending fessy home sending the rest of them in different directions it's kind of the catalyst of Everything's out in the open now. Vet Alliance is done after all of this. They're already on the verge of no more rookie-rookie teams anyways. And so all the alliances are kind of over. It's a shuffle of everyone and kind of different people falling in place just as the vets knew would come at some point. This is kind of a catalyst for it to come a little bit quicker than it otherwise would have, which leads us right into kind of our first of our secondary storylines or things we noticed. So let's end this segment and move into that one and talk a little bit about this alliance reshuffling. For those secondary storylines, or as we now recently like to call it, little things we noticed, those new alliances were one of those things that in the aftermath of all of this, there was kind of a realignment of who's with who now. And while it wasn't directly said, it feels like the vet alliance, as we knew it before, is is over. And our biggest example of this is Emmy, who in a room lets it be known she wants to pick CT as a partner. And then they do a little swearing-in ceremony where she signs her name in hot sauce on a little cutting board, which flawless signature uh, within using hot sauce. Just amazing work by Emmy. Amazing handsmanship, craftsmanship, penmanship. That's the word we're looking for there. Um, And interesting way to sign. I don't know that we've... CT acts like this hot sauce thing is something that's happened before. I don't know that I remember it happening, but... Could be wrong. I'm not a perfect historian after all. But Emmy, when she signs that, it should be noted who's in the room when this happens, which I think it's hard to tell with the camera angles they were working, but it seems like some people come in and out as this conversation is happening, potentially, or just some people aren't in camera at first when she announces that she wants CT as her partner, but then are when they sign in hot sauce. Um, But it is Emmy, Devin, Kyle, Tori, Ed, and CT. Those six people are in the room for sure, in the room when that happens. So we get, you know, CT, Devin, Kyle, and Tori as kind of this little new subset of the Vet Alliance, roping in Emmy and Ed um, into it as their kind of rookie protégés or rookie numbers that they're adding to the list. This all makes sense. Devin and Kyle, we know, are kind of each other's number ones for the season, and that CT is 
you know, worked with both of them a little bit in the past. CT and Tori, it will be, it should be mentioned, you know, won a season together. Technically, I know Tori didn't get claimed the win because she got eliminated from her own team in the final, but back on War of the Worlds 2, they did compete and win together. Um, so they've, they've always had a little bit of a bond um, there over that. And then they're roping in Ed, Tori's partner. So that alliance is kind of forming. As we referenced earlier, Amber kind of seems like she's a woman without friends at this point. Um, you know, Ed and Priscilla give her that little pep talk. That's something. But, you know, we've had Amanda this episode say she's you just can't she just can't stand Amber at this point. We we know that Esther, even if she left, couldn't. We know Berna can't. Um, and I think they had a couple of the other veteran guys mention it at some point. But there's been basically no one defending Amber in any way in any of this um, and clearly, you know, Corey and Tori were all about getting her riled up with Fessy. And I think we're on Fessy's side in it as much as they weren't on anyone's side. They just wanted to get some action going in the house. Uh, but Amber's kind of on an island on her own. Seems like the most vulnerable vet of all. We got Corey and Nelson kind of flying solo again. Corey catching a little heat. Nelson's still been totally in the background, but neither of them are included in this little Devin, Kyle, Tori, CT um, neither of them are really like tight with Casey who Casey now, I guess is with Josh still and Nani obviously, but then like, a, is a Manuel with them is a Manuel going to get roped in with Emmy and CT and that whole thing. Now, um, things kind of all over the place, but we know this, we know, you know, by the end of the episode, Huey and, uh, Berna are together and are probably going to get thrown in, but I could also easily see some of these other vets saying like, you know, if this, if this breakups happened, if we're making new, new teams here, drawing new lines in the sand, do we get Huey and I keep blanking Huey and Berna together on our side and maybe tell them we won't throw them in if they come in with us and we save them as you know sacrificial lambs of who we if we have to go into elimination at some point who we would potentially get to go against i could see that being a move a devin a kyle ct tory maybe make amongst that new little alliance of like should we keep that one last rookie team around should we take our shots earlier rather than later so new alliance is kind of everywhere that is a new storyline i think will be the big storyline next week is going to be where do all these new alliances fall the vets are done who's on whose side who how one way or the other every season it always there's always two groups so far this whole season it's been vets on one side rookies on the other and now i think next week we will start to see what are the new two groups? Because I think, well, there's a bunch of new little pockets. They will slowly kind of join together and eventually there'll be a line in the sand and there'll be a group on either side of it. We have the makings of the biggest one of that side will be that Devin, Kyle, Tori, Ed, CT, Emmy group of six. Who do they get on their side and who chooses to go against them? Who is their target that gets put against them? We'll see how that adds up. Other couple things, secondary storylines, little things we noticed, editing notes, um, to put in again, Priscilla for the second week in a row, starting to really get a great edit for someone who is not involved in anything that went down on this episode. She had a ton of confessionals. I haven't checked. Um, I don't know that we film these right after the show's out. So I doubt that the stats are out, but the great at challenge stats on, on, uh, on Instagram, if you want to know some in-depth, really cool in-depth stuff about the show that account is doing amazing stuff and always puts up the confessional count afterwards which i really really appreciate um but priscilla definitely had like four or five of them and was getting a lot of time even though she wasn't involved second episode in a row that that's happened so that's a positive thing from an edit standpoint when you start to get that kind of attention when you're not involved 
just worth noting for the future. Nelson, also Priscilla's partner. Haven't seen much of either of them early on. And Nelson, again, popped up quite a few times in the interview room. And I've got to say, I love Nellie T. Normally, Nellie T is wonderful in the interview room. He popped up a handful of times on this one when he wasn't involved with anything. And I honestly don't think that he had anything that great or funny or interesting to say in the interview room, which makes it even more kind of enlightening from an editing standpoint that he was put in those spots when it wasn't, you know, some killer line that sometimes we get from him. So uh, Priscilla and Nelson definitely both uh, as a team getting an interesting edit on this. And then the the main kind of second storyline of the episode was just Emmy. Um, and this was kind of, the Emmy episode part two last week, this whole kind of two-part episode, which is what we're referring to at this point, this two-hour long episode, just an extended episode, was the Big Brother breakup, and then the other storyline was the Emmy episode, the Emmy episodes, if you will. Um, she, uh, you know, once CT as her partner, which finally someone, I can't believe it took this long, I know we're not super far into the season, but... Um, it took a long time for anyone to just be like, you know who I want as a partner? I want CT. Clearly, that's the best guy. I want him, clearly. And she's the first one. I don't think she's going to be the last one to notice it. Um, Berna really loses out here on everything Emmy and CT related. Um, she loses what seems to be a, someone she thought she was counting on in the game in Emmy. She loses her partner in CT. Both of them lie to her about that this is going to happen. And then we get, you know, we learned that CT the whole time maybe didn't want Berna, that, you know, she was maybe trying to make some moves, offering up some ideas, and he was more kind of just like, yo, I'm trying to sit in the background, chill, listen to me, don't talk, don't throw out ideas, we don't need to do anything, just sit here and try to win a daily here and there, and that's it. Um, my main question, though, is as much as it was very much made clear CT just didn't want Berna. And while he's got this nice friendship with Emmy and Emmy is dying, as she says over and over, her the dream partner, she wants CT, which again, thank God, everyone should be saying the same thing Emmy is saying. Everyone should want CT as their partner. Um, but does CT actually want Emmy as his partner? Or does he just not want Berna and he knows that Emmy's in a position to get thrown in and you know, he looks at, you know, that's an upgrade for the time being. And so, yeah, I'm all in. And is this going to be similar to what happened last season where he gets this new partner and he's all excited about it or says he's all excited about it, but when actually he's got his mind set on someone else and not Emmy, the way he had his mind set on someone that wasn't Big T last season. And the reason I bring this up is because there's this little moment who does CT go to confide in about not really wanting Berna as his partner anymore? Not in the moment when CT, when everyone's in the room and Emmy says, I want CT as my partner. It's actually, he does this both times. In that moment, when she says that in amongst the group, CT winks at Tori multiple times. You think to be letting it be known that, hey, yeah, I know, I know all about this. Obviously, don't even have to ask the question anyone in the room. I know about this. I also want Emmy as my partner. But he does it specifically to Tori. And then later, when he has to confide in someone that, yes, he does not want Berna as his partner anymore, he goes to Tori, and they have a little one-on-one. -on -one. And my my spidey senses are up on this one. I think that those two want to be partners at the end together. And I think CT is fine with Emmy. You know, he likes Emmy. That I think that's all genuine, his feelings for Emmy, same way that his feelings for Big T last season were very genuine. But I think he ultimately wants, he wanted to get away from Berna for now. 
and he wants to then keep it going for a little while. But I think he wants to, at some point, probably he would prefer it Tory go in and oh, elimination and win and pick him and not the other way around. But I think he wants to end up with Tory. I think the two of them, maybe without Hess having seen it, want, want to be partners, have talked about that and want to run that final together. Because, as I said before, it's got to be noted that uh, the more we see that little relationship growing kind of on the side, they did compete together, and I know she doesn't get a win, and she does not count as a win by any means, but they, they were both on a winning team together back on War of the Worlds 2. They ran a final together, a final that CT ended up winning, and that, yes, Tori at the end of that final, the way it worked, I believe I think there was six of them on their team left, which was Team UK, even though only one Rogan UK person remained, that at the very end of the final, there was a puzzle, an individual puzzle for everyone, and only the final four people from each team got to then go do the last leg. It was either swim or kayak out to the boat where they won, and Tori got left behind, and so Rogan, CT, D, and Jordan were the winners, and Tori, while on the winning team, did not make it to the very end with that team, but they ran a final together. They have a good rapport. They worked together a little bit at the tail end of that season when Tori and Jordan both, you know, turncoat, switched to the other team. CT had been burned the whole season by not getting picked by them. The American team at the beginning, whatever. They have a good relationship going back to that. I think they view themselves as the best possible partner in the house. I'm predicting that those two will eventually be partners one way or the other. That's everything for our secondary storylines. The Emmy episode part two, uh, Priscilla Nelson getting the good edit. New Alliance is starting to form. And again, I think next week, the big main storyline moving forward will be where's the new line in the sand drawn? Who ends up on what side? What are the new big alliances? Who will be the new target? So with that, let's move into the sporting events of the episode, which we only had one. Again, we had the Daily Challenge last episode, so now we only get the elimination on this one. But it was a hall brawl, and it was a great one. Anytime it's a hall brawl, it's a great one, no matter what happens. So let's dive into that now. We had a hall brawl, and anytime there's a hall brawl, it's always a 10 out of 10 elimination. It's a staple. It's got to happen every single season. They've made that become, you know, fact, I think... Uh, we're on our fifth or sixth straight season with having one after a bunch of time off between them. So it's a staple. Love it. Glad we got it. Um, always a 10 and it always gives me goosebumps, even though on the next time on and, you know, the previews, we, we knew the haul was coming. I, we, we, no one was surprised when we saw it. We knew we were going to see it. And even so, the moment you see it, it gives you goosebumps every single time. I just love it. Um, it's so wild, as we referenced earlier, that they still get to do this on the show, and I hope they do it forever, because it's awesome. Um, so, uh, 10 out of 10, uh, elimination from the start, it always is, if it's a Hall Brawl, it's a 10 out of 10, um, no matter what. Uh, I liked the variation, I really, I, I really, really liked one part of the variation on the Hall Brawl, and I really was confused by the secondary kind of part of it. The variation that I loved was having it be the fencing the whole way down. And while, you know, it's fine to have them, the climbing up at the end is interesting too, especially from a perspective of, you know, uh, it almost happened in the first round where, you know, the person has to climb up at the end. So if you get smoked and you get dragged to the other end, it isn't just I get to walk out and hit my bell. It's like, well, you got to climb up there uh, at least a couple steps up this and I can keep pulling you down. And that adds an interesting element of, you know, the comeback, possible comebacks in this in the kind of strategic. Um, while I don't really like when they redo 
Um, the same eliminations, even hall brawls. There's a chance they did it a bunch last season, and I think a lot of that had to do with COVID restrictions and how big of a staff they have on site. Maybe it'll happen this season, maybe it won't. Um, but if they do, I think that was an interesting variation for the climbing part, but more so for having fenced the whole way down versus the glass that they usually have made a big difference strategically in how you could get yourself past the other person and by the other person from a leverage standpoint, holding on, holding yourself. I think Emmy did a way better job of that or maybe realized that right away. Or maybe it was because Esther was doing a little bit more of the, the initial hit was a little more Esther hitting Emmy, but then Emmy quickly grabbing on and holding on and using that fence to her advantage. Thought that was a very interesting wrinkle that I really, really liked. The one that I was I'm not going to say I didn't like, I was just confused by was what was the point of all of the rope all over the ground? The whole, the whole hallway has just, you know, heavy rope layered across the bottom of it, like a full layer of it that they had to walk across, run across, whatever. And I didn't really know the point. Um, you know, I guess it, it slows them down. And maybe if they're trying to take a, just a touch of the physicality out of it, they're like, maybe it'll, you know, they can't run perfectly. It's not perfect ground to run on. So it slows them up a little bit, uh, trips them up. It makes it maybe, it you know, the very dramatics of past hall brawls where like a Nelson in particular, both of his last two hall brawls, brutal losses um, to Fessy and Rogan, both times featured a, you know, moment of like slip up. You, you take the lead, you're running, you're closer to the, to the bell than the other person is, but you slip, you trip. And it makes for very suspenseful uh, moments. Maybe they're trying to create more of those of like there's this exterior obstacle other than your opponent, but you also got to deal with this, this you know, the runway being cluttered with this rope. Um, I don't know. It was just a little confusing. Um, at first, when we first saw the hall, I was like, are they going to, is this not going to be hall brawl at all? Or are they going to have to do some like get to the other side and pull the rope out? I don't know. I was just a little confused why that, the purpose of that, um, wasn't as cool of a little variation as I thought the fencing was. But 10 out of 10, Hall Brawl is always a 10 out of 10 as far as a game itself. Now let's talk the matchup. Um, the first hit, first off, the, the very first hit, they collide. They go head-to-head. Neither of them seems to have probably ever put pads on before or have any strategy other than run as fast as you can and just smack right into the other, which gives a great moment on camera. Um, is maybe not great strategy on either of them. But the first hit... Their GoPros go flying off their heads, showing how vicious of a hit it was. Um, And then they battle back and forth. And I've got to say, the other thing I didn't love about this was it was really hard initially to tell who was who. Um, They're both wearing full black everything. Um, Their helmets don't say their names in big letters the way the past uh, couple seasons worth of hall brawls they've had the names really big on the side of the helmet which has really helped and then you know it's also helped past ones we've seen where like if fessy's in there it's like all right he's a lot bigger than the other person so it's kind of easier to tell the taller bigger person who's who this one they're kind of you know they're similar height um once the pads are on they're very just they looked very similar blacked out visors over their face couldn't i couldn't tell who was who at first so when emmy drags manages to drag esther down to her to to emmy's end and is you know taking this big lead at first i had no idea who was actually in the lead and everyone's kind of cheering for everyone so it was very hard to tell um but 
Emmy wears her out. Round one, huge hit. GoPros go flying. Vicious hit from both sides. Mostly an equal hit. I will say maybe a little more Esther hitting Emmy again, but Emmy rebounds really well. Wears Esther out. Slowly but surely drags her down to her end. Gets her tired out until she gets her on the ground, and eventually Esther just kind of is like way too tired to hold on, and Emmy climbs up, gets round one, and things are looking good. We get to round two, and another huge, huge hit. And this one, 100%, Esther hit Emmy hard on this one, right to the head, forearms to the head. Um, targeting flags would have been thrown if this was an actual football game, for sure. But Emmy takes it like a goddamn champion. I mean, I can't emphasize. If I've rewatched a bunch of times, rewound this over and over. Esther delivers the blow on this one. Make no bones about it. This was an Esther hit on Emmy. Um, and Emmy just takes it perfectly. She absorbs it. It's a huge hit, but she shakes it off instantly. She fights it back. They kind of fight for a moment in the middle, but both of them, I think, I think Esther knows. I've got to try to let go much quicker because I got worn out in round one. And Emmy knows I just got smacked in the face for a second time. And I'm willing to just take my chances with trying to climb. I'm up one nothing. I can be a little more risky on this round. And so they both kind of let go quick. They run for the other side. They climb up. They're neck and neck. And Esther swipes first and just misses. She doesn't even come short. She misses to the side by like an inch. But she has the height. And she just whiffs moments before Emmy then rings hers. Emmy gets the win, 2-0, and Esther's going out. The celebration is fantastic. Emmy down in the sand, crying out for her grandma, for Romania, for herself, everything. We love it. Um, it's a great celebration. Is then also very respectful right away to let it known, like, Esther was a beast. That was horrible. Um, so great celebration all around. Great two rounds of Hall Brawl. Huge hits. Um, loved everything about it. So the only thing we didn't love, I must comment on, is that going in, the suspense, at least for me, and I think for a lot of Challenge fans, was completely ruined because we knew who the winner was going to be. We knew Emmy was going to win an elimination this episode, and that's not cool. Um, and we knew that because we saw, um, we saw the next week on um, that, you know, Emmy wants to pick CT, and then they put out the clips in the 24 to 48 hours before the episode. They put out the full clip of that interaction in the bedroom of Emmy saying, I want to pick CT. And then we get Berna, among others, commenting on, I never knew that she was going to take him as my partner and I'm betrayed by this and the whole thing. There was a huge blow up between them. And so if you follow any of the kind of main challenge fan accounts, challenge Instagram accounts um, that were sharing over and over and over this clip that the challenge account itself, that MTV itself, the challenge producers themselves put out and then sharing, S or, uh, excuse me, Berna's response to it. If you saw that, you just knew immediately, oh, so Emmy stole CT this episode. Not, not just, you know, it's alluded to that it's going to happen in this clip, but now we have confirmation right away that it happened, that she stole him. And that's a huge bummer because you kind of ruined your best elimination of the season. As I said, when you see the hall, you get goosebumps even when you know it's coming. It's the best. Fucking love the hall, Pross, all right? As do almost 
every challenge fan out there. I think of the unanimous agreements out there among the challenge fanhood, I think it is that Hall Brawl is awesome and we love seeing it every time. But what we hate is, I would assume maybe I'm alone on this, but I personally hate knowing the results of the show before it goes in. And I spent the majority of the Tuesday review preview show this this couple days ago, this past week, defending this show and this season and this cast and basically telling everyone out there that is spending all their time talking shit about it to fuck off, um, which I stand by. Um, but I did also say in that critiques are important and that my main issue wasn't with people critiquing or having bad things to say in general, but was with those people out there who only had bad things to say or who couldn't say anything other than this show sucks, this season sucks, this cast sucks. And that if that, I will reiterate, is your only stance and the only thing you're saying and you're someone who posts about or talks about this show every single day on social media channels and you literally 100% of the time, your only thing keeps refrain on this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Those are the people I'm telling to fuck off. Critiques are worthwhile. And I just want some positivity mixed in, especially when there is a lot of it to be had. Um, I think both subjectively, but also objectively, there is a lot of positives about this season and this cast um, and a lot of promising aspects of it. But I will join in the narrative of what the hell are you doing? You got to fix this when it comes to things like you can't ruin the hall brawl. You can't ruin the elimination. You can't go into this episode where you had this big cliffhanger and one, it should also be said as we predicted on that Tuesday review preview, um, you know, bless the guy, but Fessy went on Johnny Bananas podcast and while he didn't say as much, it was very clear the guy was going home. And so if you listen to that, a big popular podcast now with the most popular, one of the, not the most popular, the most known maybe player in challenge history, the goat of the challenge, in my opinion, for now, CT's coming, but Johnny Bananas, a lot of people listen to that podcast. A lot of people probably had the same reaction I did. Fessy's going home. And then we get this clip comes out that's like, hey, Emmy wants to steal CT as a partner. And we then get confirmation from a cast member that CT was stolen from her and Emmy did steal it. And then we know going into this cliffhanger episode, Fessy's going home and Emmy's going to win the elimination, whoever she goes against. And it kind of takes the, you know, deflates the balloon, so to speak. So you got to fix that. I, I said it earlier on the main, when I, when I fixed the challenge myself, um, one of the things I said is stop putting out any of these clips, have a next week on that's short and incoherent. And that's it. And don't give us all these clips the day before or two days before, because there's too much, there's too much content going on around the challenge in the challenge universe from all of these cast members on social, from all the other social channels, sharing anything cast member says very quickly. So you're going to spoil things like this too easily. You gotta, you gotta stop. So that's my one only negative about this particular elimination is I'm a little bummed out that we, that we finally got the hall brawl, but I knew, or was very, very confident in how it was going to end. But that was the elimination. That was the hall brawl. Let's move into our awards and talk about some of the best in the best that happened on the best in the best, the best of the best from this show as, as well as one of the worst of the worst, but mostly the best of the best. Let's talk some awards. Kick off our awards as always. Talking strategy positives first, as we just talked about. I'm, I'm a positive guy. I like to keep it positive around here, but we will get to the worst in a moment. But first, best strategy. Three nominees. Nominee number one, Devin. And this is kind of a because of his stature nomination. He didn't actually make a specific move that got him nominating, but it seemed like 
the moment there was that kind of Fessy is told he's going home and everyone says their goodbyes, they let him pack, they leave. And then there's this little scramble outside of the nomination room where they're like, shit, we got to get in there. TJ said we have 15 minutes or he's picking. What are we going to do, everyone? And it kind of seemed like everyone looked at Devin. All of the vets kind of looked to Devin of like, you take the lead. Clearly, you're the one that would make this decision in this moment where we're all put in a, a quick decision scenario. It seemed like everyone turned to him to say something, to do something. And that stature in the game, that little moment um, while it wasn't something necessarily Devin did, uh, he gets nominated for best strategy just off of the stature in the game that that kind of showed that he had. Nominee number two is a group nominee, two veterans, Nelson, Nani, and Kyle, for staying the hell out of all of this. Uh, there was almost nothing to be seen from any of them with any part in any of this that was going down, and that's the way they should have been playing this staying in the background, keeping to themselves, letting all this other stuff not get not get any dust on themselves, you know, staying clean in the background. Um, admittedly, there wasn't a lot of great strategizing going on in this episode, so it was tough to find nominees, but that was one that I thought they, they did the right thing and keep themselves out of this. You don't need to throw yourself in just to get into another storyline, a little extra camera time. You're all secure in your camera time abilities to gain when you need it. So staying out of it, Nelson, Nani, Kyle, specifically on that bet front. Their group nominee number two and nominee number three, Emmanuel, who is the winner of the best strategy for the week. The only one who's, you know, really got to make some real strong strategic decisions here. And I'm giving it to him for being a rookie who's thinking a step ahead here. Goes to his friend, Emmy, his best friend in the house. They've, you know, done other shows together. They're from Romania. They came in knowing each other, having a good relationship and being, you know, kind of rookie buds. Um, but thinking the step ahead to know like, hey, I don't want to throw you, Emmy, my best friend in. But if you want to go in and the purpose is because you think you can, one, we think it's one you can win. And then two, so you can pick a new partner, which would remove uh, which would get you, my best friend, a new quality partner helping me from an alliance standpoint while also creating a new rookie rookie team that's not either of us keeping us off the chopping block for longer. That's just smart thinking ahead um, that as he kind of says to me, like if, if you get if you go in and go home or if we just leave you, if we don't throw you in, then you and Huey are getting thrown in next time and like I'm going to eventually be the next rookie up and we can prolong that for both of us by you going in and winning and keeping a new rookie rookie team there and keeping me and Casey kind of our hands clean of no one getting mad at us because it's our ally, our you know one of our top people that we're choosing to throw in. We don't get our hands that dirty. No one's mad at us. We create a new rookie rookie team. Just thinking ahead. Really good strategy from Manuel. He wins the award for the best strategy. Let's talk worst strategy because there was a much easier nominees on that side. And the first one is that friend of Emmanuel, and that is Emmy. Group nominee for Emmy and CT. Combo nominee, partner nominee for the two of them. Just tell Berna in advance. I don't know why they had to keep it a big secret from her. I get, you know, you don't want your partner blowing up and mad at you, but that's what you got anyways. So why not, CT, learn from your lessons of last season? And even if you don't have this great relationship with Berna, just let her know like, hey, uh, you know, I don't know that we are the best partners for each other. And I'm considering, you know, I'm open if someone picks me, 
you know, I'm not going to be super, super upset about it. I'm still going to have your back, but I, I'd be interested potentially in swap, swapping things out. And also Emmy is thinking she really wants me and is likely to go down there. So there's a chance if she does, she wins and she picks me. Just want to let you know. Or Emmy, tell Bernie, your friend, when she asks you, say, yeah, uh, I know it's your partner, but I think CT's the best partner in the house. So I do kind of want him and I need to get away from Huey. So I'm willing to go in and I want to pick CT. Just tell her. Um, it wasn't going to go super smooth. She's not just going to let that happen, but I think it would have been a lot better than what the alternative was of just lying to her. And even if they're on the rookie rookie team, the you think is going to just quickly go home. You're still creating an enemy and you don't want to do that. So bad strategy from Emmy and CT. I think they should have just told her Tori and Corey also bad strategy. Um, possibly bad strategy for the joint, you know, just maybe you shouldn't have riled all this up. But again, I stand by it. Give us better television. You're just being producers in the field. Great job by you, Tori and Corey. As I alluded to earlier, though, stand your ground. Like, fuck it. You already did it. You already riled everyone up. You already stirred the pot in a big way. It got a little out of hand. It got someone sent home, which, you know, maybe, you know, for Tori, who could have ran the final with Fessy, who knows down the line, not as great for her. But for Corey, great job. Fessy's gone. That's a win for you. Um, stand your ground. And instead of doing the apology to her and letting the target on your back grow from this, just be like, hey, we just do what exactly what Corey did for a moment originally of like, hey, he could have got kept his emotions in check. He's a grown ass man. He's a grown ass man. She's a grown ass woman. None of this had to happen. We, you know, we're getting people to yell at each other. Nothing beyond that needed to happen. And we weren't promoting them actually fighting each other. So back off. We're just having some fun. And I think most of everyone would have kind of let it go. Um, so I may be wrong. Maybe they had the right strategy in apologizing, but I'm from my standpoint, and maybe this is just me, a viewer, wanting even more great TV. I'm going to go with Worst Strategy nominee for Tori and Corey together. Third and final nominee and the winner for the Worst Strategy of the Week for, I think this is the third time this season, but this time it's going to be solo. Fessy already got kicked off. He doesn't get to get roped into this. Josh. Josh is your third and final nominee, and he's the winner of the Worst Strategy of the Week. The jumping on the table, the smashing the glass out on the patio, the calling out Amanda for stirring shit up when she wasn't the one stirring shit up, the yelling at basically everyone, the telling Casey to pick a side, the, you know, jokingly, and then kind of not jokingly, but jokingly yelling, like, should we have Fessy and uh, Esther be the house vote? The whole thing. Um, I just don't think it was any of it was handled well. I think it leaves him totally on the outs with... All of the other vets, I don't think anyone, everyone might still love the guy because um, he's still just a great human being, but I don't think anyone wants to work with him anymore at this point. I think they've all kind of had enough of the temper tantrums and the, the fights and the emotions, and uh, I just think he did not handle the, the aftermath of any of this very, very well from a strategic standpoint. So he is your nom third nominee and your winner of the Worst Strategy of the Week. Let's then talk quotes. Quotes, a little bit harder to come by on this episode and you know it was a shorter episode and a more serious episode and while you know everything tj said was fantastic um wasn't necessarily I, I like to keep it a little more light and fun on the quote of the week and you know talking shit's fine making jokes is fine celebrating is fine i don't really want to give you know tj a nominee for a quote of the week for uh telling josh he's embarrassing himself um so there's a little less material to work with than normal just given the shortened episode and the subject matter of the episode but we still found 
then all these challenge cast members still find a way to bring some some positive, some good interview clips, some good quotes. So four nominees, four cast members nominee, na- nominated, five total nominees, two nominees for one cast member. We'll get to at the end. Bettina up first, describing a Bettina sighting for the second week in a row, um, should be said. So not getting edited out, finally getting a little bit of Bettina in our lives. And this one, she pitches in with... The mood of the house as uh, they all await, um, they kind of, I think they clearly know TJ's about to pay a visit or, you know, something has to happen. We have to be told if Fessy's going home or not and what the aftermath of this is. And the mood of the house is pretty sour and we'll let Bettina explain where she would potentially rather be. Do you feel really anxious, Josh? You look really anxious. Just staying calm. Yes. It's going to be okay. It's like the same atmosphere, like as in a funeral. You know what, I would rather be in a funeral than here right now. Every time, it's gotta be said, every time we've had Bettina get to say anything on camera, it's been good. So maybe we should get more of Bettina. Um, Then we had Kyle, who is the only one giving the honest opinion that I think all of the guys in the house shared after we get the news that Fessy has to go home. Let's hear how Kyle felt about that decision that TJ made. It's heartbreaking that Fessy has to be deactivated and go home. I mean, boo-hoo, we're all crying. Again, I don't think Kyle's alone in those opinions. Kyle can just voice those opinions the best, and uh, he does so very well in the interview room, as always. Kyle, once again, new father. Hats off to him and Vicky. Then our third nominee for Quote of the Week is Emmy. The Emmy episode, she had a couple different things that she said um, that could be put in this spot, uh, but I will give it to uh, the many times she mentioned her willingness to risk it to get a win and get CT as her partner. There is a couple iterations of that. My favorite one, though, was her risking a specific body part to get this win, so take it away. Emmy? I have to risk. I have to take my chances and play them, so I will risk it all with my skin. Risk it with all of her skin. Risk it the way her grandma said that she should. Shout out to grandma. Shout out to Emmy. Our fourth nominee for quote of the week is then Esther, who has two nominees. Nominee number four and five both come from Esther. And both come at the expense of Amber. The first one, early in the episode, when we get the apology, Amber pulls her to a side. And again, props to Amber and Esther both for how they handled the drink being thrown after the aftermath of the drink being thrown in someone else's face, um, props to both of them, but we get the apology in person. In the interview room, we get Esther letting her true feelings on the drink being thrown known, so let's hear the first nominee from Esther. I shouldn't have done that. Nobody deserves that, regardless of how I feel about them. I'm sorry, Amber. I have no issues towards you. I still think that you're a pretender and you're fake, but regardless, I'm sorry that I spewed a drink in your face. Again, as we said earlier, props to Esther for owning up to her mistake and having the regret. She should not have thrown the drink, but also props to Esther for standing by her opinions of Amber in that moment. So that one was great. And then at the end, Esther goes home, but she makes sure Amber knows it before she goes home that, hey, eh, we're not good. We're not squared away. I'm coming back for you. And she lets us know that Esther takes grudges very, very seriously. So let's hear just how seriously from her herself. I'm coming for you. When I owe grudges, I'm not going to let go of that until I have my pound of flesh. 
until I have my pound of flesh. Woo! I know she lost that hall brawl, but, uh, and I know Amber has won a hall brawl in the past, but for Amber's sake, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty serious threat there. So uh, I don't I don't know if I ever want to see, uh, if I'm Amber, if I want to see Esther in any sort of pole wrestle, hall brawl, any, any sort of elimination like that in the future. Those are some serious words. And those words get the win for the best quote of the week. I'm going to give it to Esther for both of her quotes. Thought they were... They were very, they made me laugh both times. They made me kind of say, ooh, damn, girl, both times. So uh, Esther gets the win for the quote of the week. Since she gets sent home, we'll give her one more win on their way out of the game. Then we move into best moment. Three nominees for best moment. Emmy's celebration. We mentioned it before. Everything about Emmy's celebration is wonderful. She gets down the sand. She picks up the sand. She screams to the heavens, to her grandma for inspiring her, to Romania, letting it be known through them. Everything about that is great. TJ's performance, reprimanding everyone, is our best moment number two. We played the whole thing for you earlier. We're not going to do it again, but a fantastic performance from TJ. And then our third and final nominee is the signing of the Alliance Pact in hot sauce. Again, flawless uh, penmanship from Emmy using the hot sauce um, and just very creative little fun moment there. Um, those three were your nominees, Emmy Celebration, TJ's Performance, and the signing in hot sauce. Those were your three nominees for best moment. And because we like to keep things positive, as much as kind of the moment we will remember of this episode is likely TJ, you know, reprimanding everyone. The best moment of the episode is Emmy celebration. Love to see it. The culmination of the two-part Emmy episode. She gets the win. She gets her dream partner, Uncle CT. So she gets the win for the best moment. And that leads us to the MVP of the episode, which Josh received votes because when you're the center of attention the way he was, you got to receive votes for the MVP of the episode. He, he put on a show. Uh, what your thoughts of the show were, he put one on. He gets some votes. Esther gets some votes for, you know, handling herself the aftermath well, even if the throwing the drink wasn't very cool, handles that very well, has some good quotes, puts up a great performance in the elimination, even in a losing effort. TJ also gets some nominees for MVP uh, for his performance coming into the house, getting called into house duty. But Emmy, as we just said, this was the two-part Emmy episode, more or less. There was the Big Brother breakup, and it was the Emmy episode combined into one Emmy is the winner of the MVP of the week. She gets the win. She gets the partner she's wanted. She has some great quotes during the whole thing. She's got the great penmanship with the hot sauce. She does everything great. Emmy is the MVP of this episode. And that ends our awards and moves us into our final segment. Let's talk some power rankings, which finally have been shaken up quite a bit at the top, and update our season-long predictions before we end this episode. All right, before I actually do my power rankings, a uh, little behind the scenes here that I think might actually just be helpful for everyone. I started to try to make my power rankings and I realized that I had to make sure I knew who all the teams were and who all was still on the show. Um, with with the big cast coming in and all these new faces, the whole and then everyone switching partners, the whole season's kind of been a little confusing, like who's with who again um, and who's all left again because sometimes we just don't see people in episodes because there's so many. So I actually, I, I challenged myself before I wrote my power rankings. I was like, can you, without looking at anything, name all of the teams that are left confidently? And it took me a moment, it took me longer than it probably should have, but I did. And just in case you, like me, are you know kind of struggling to keep up with everything, just a refresher on who all of the teams that are left in this game 
are there are 22 people left 11 teams now and they are one moment let me scroll back to my list here i'll not do it off the top of my head make a mistake again we got ct and emmy nelson and priscilla Corey and bettina tori and ed big t and jeremiah not a lot of action for them this episode berna and huey casey and emmanuel amanda and kyle devin and amber josh and ashley nani and logan 11 teams, 22 people left. So that's where all of the teams currently stand. And uh, as far as where we stand in the, the, the season in general, um, again, we think there's 18 or 19 episodes, depending on if they count the reunion and that 19 that they put out there. Originally, this was episode seven. I would imagine that we're going to get, you know, at least five teams, 10 people in that final. I think that's what we had on, yeah, that's what we had Last season, I kind of expect that to be, that's kind of the number they've been going with for a few seasons now. Um, so, you know, 22 left, trying to get down to 10. Maybe we have six more eliminations to go through, but that would only be 13 episodes. So maybe they elongate it, but I don't expect any purges or anything of that nature or double eliminations, anything like that. I think we're going to just get straightforward limbs and turning to the power rankings, which have been shaken up. CT and Berna have been holding down the top spot for a long time. They're no longer partners, so they can't be it together. We are going to keep these power rankings partners, and we are again talking here, ranking based on who we think is going to make a final with kind of tiebreaker being between anyone that's really close, being then potentially winning the final. The further we get into the season, the closer to the final we get. We might change these power rankings into who do we think is about to win, win the season, but right now it is who's just in a fantastic spot to get themselves to that final and making a brand new appearance, not only just in the power rankings, but at the top of the power rankings is Nani and Logan. I love where this team is at. I love where Nani stands in the vet group. I love where Logan now stands partnered up with Nani and also just as a competitor that it really, you know, his, his all of his skills kind of translate really well to this. And he's got his one elimination when he's kind of off the radar from the rookie standpoint. Nani and Logan, I think, are sitting in just about as good of a position as anyone could possibly be in this game. In second place, CT can't move far down the rankings, but gone is Berna, now that it is not CT's partner. CT and Emmy, while again, I don't think this partnership is going to last forever. I think it's going to be successful while it is together. CT and Emmy in the second spot, and most of that is relying on, I just think CT is going to win this season. Whether it's with Emmy by his side, I don't know, but I think CT is going to win. They're in number two. Tori and Ed remain in the third spot. Casey and Emmanuel in coming in fourth as a strong team. Another strong showing from them handling the power very well. As we talked about, Emmanuel and Casey together making good strategic plays with that power. And then in fifth, Nelson and Priscilla. I will admit, mostly based on those strong edits they're starting to get as we talked about, but also they're just in the background. They're not really being on anyone's radar as a target. And even though Priscilla... Um, you know, has been a rookie female that hasn't been thrown in yet. And that could mean that at some point she just gets chosen just because she's one of the last rookie females who hasn't gone into elimination. I think she's being viewed as a strong competitor. And just when I'm looking at when, you know, these vet rookie teams have to start getting thrown in or picked off that Nelson in his little alliance of him and Corey, I think Corey and Bettina get called out before Nelson and Priscilla and puts them in a little bit more of a powerful position of kind of having someone, a blocker, if you will, in front of them before they get targeted, that they're going to have this other people that they're working with targeted. So I like where Nelson and Priscilla are at, laying low, riding by, just not making waves. So 
Nani Logan, number one, CT Emmy, number two, Tori Ed, number three, Casey Emanuel, number four, Nelson Priscilla, number five. And then we move to our predictions. Um, every week, as you know, by now, we add one prediction to our season-long list of season-long predictions. I thought it was going to be easier than it was at the beginning. It's turning out it's kind of hard to make season-long predictions, one every single week all the way through. Uh, to update you on the list currently, we have Tori has five-plus partners still in play. We had Fessy, first vet targeted, which was wrong. It is completely wrong. We got that one wrong. CT is going to win. Still in play. Still believe that full-heartedly CT is going to win. I would bet everything I have on that. Devin will make it further than Josh. Still in play. Looking better after this week again. Ed will make the final was our fifth prediction. That is still in play. Anissa will make the final was our sixth prediction and was immediately proved wrong. So we've missed two of them so far. Josh and Amber will make the final still, or Josh and Amber will not make the final, excuse me. Still very much in play and looking better as they are now on the outs after this episode. And then the new one that we made last week was CT is going to be picked as a partner two plus times. That is in play and looking good. He has not been picked once. And again, that was a... that was a prediction that was made before we had all the confirmation that he was, in fact, going to be targeted by Emmy specifically in this fast. So, um, you know, no foul play there, no spoilers uh, there on my end, just so far so good on that one. So we've had eight predictions, two have been proved wrong, six are very much still in play, and we're adding a new one. And again, it's kind of getting tough to just, I don't want to just every week say this person will or won't make the final and just kind of have all my final picks made so early um so trying to go anywhere else that i can go with a season long prediction we keep the episode episode by episode predictions on the tuesday review preview show which didn't go so well this week spoiler um but our new season long prediction is going to be we will not see any more dqs for injury or fighting or any other type of dq the last folks have gone home that will go home for anything other than elimination. From here on out, anyone that goes home will do so via an elimination. That is our new prediction to add. And that ends this podcast. It was a good episode. You know, a two-part episode, 260 minutes, the Big Brother breakup, the Emmy episode in two parts. We got a lot of good out of it. We liked a lot of things. There were some things that we didn't totally love, but we talked through it all. And hopefully next week we move back into a 90-minute episode. We get our daily elimination bar all of the segments we're used to seeing. One uh, one update that I can't believe I almost forgot, but um, has to be said um, for as far as this podcast, little house cleaning thing. Um, this podcast will not be here next week. Uh, there will be the Tuesday review preview show. That preview, review preview, though, is going to come on Monday because of Tuesday of next week. I leave my hometown, or home of Chicago right now, to head down to Nashville to get married next weekend, and I will be on site doing wedding-related things all weekend long, including on Wednesday, and I will not be having the time or the desire to be recording this podcast. So, next Monday, instead of Tuesday, you will get the review preview episode, and then instead of late Wednesday night or Thursday morning... Um, this podcast will not be in your feeds one time only, I promise. Um, but you guys got to get married very much looking forward to it. There's a chance that the following, you know, Monday or Tuesday, once I'm back post wedding, uh, I will certainly watch the show, but I have yet to decide whether, you know, that following week we'll kind of do a double recap of sorts, whether we'll use that Tuesday review preview and instead kind of do our full, Full recap of episode eight, we're not sure. But for now, what we are sure of is that next Monday, you'll get the review preview a day early. 
And then it will be until the following Monday at the earliest when you will hear from us again um, with either a full recap, a review preview, a double recap, then following Wednesday night, something of the sorts. But we will keep you up to date on all things, including potentially the wedding. Maybe we'll get some pictures of the wedding up on the Instagram account. So at Challenge Historian, follow us there if you want to you know, follow along with more of the daily content. Um, we're starting to put a little more of that out as the summer winds down and some of my day jobs wind down. We're able to put some more effort into getting you some you know, old school challenge content, some historian looks at some old stuff. So at Challenge Historian, keep updated with the schedule. We will miss you on the recap next week at least in the normal time slot, but we will be there Monday for the review preview. So catch that, follow, subscribe, wherever you're listening. We thank you for being here. We thank you for listening. Hit that follow, hit that subscribe. Those things help a ton. Then you won't miss an episode whenever they come out. Follow us on Instagram at Challenge Historian. Thank you so much for being here. We look forward to the rest of this season of Spies, Lies, and Allies and the rest of the season of the Challenge Historian podcast. Your boy's off to get married. Until next time, peace. Peace.